Hello and welcome to the Zwift SBS podcast. Restrictions across the country have made life a little harder for most. One thing I'm thankful for is still being able to train with friends on Zwift any time of the day. Being motivated by the massive community means there's always someone to ride with and new locations to explore, like the new Japan-inspired Mercury Islands, my personal favorite, and the UCI World Championship courses. Riding with friends makes the training easier and they always know how to push me. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on. Bonjour, bonjour. Buenas tardes. Yes, it's the Vuelta. Here we are. It felt like we'd never left uh, this studio. But then in time, uh, we went to the Giro and then we went to the Tour de France. And now it's Vuelta time. And I'm joined, like always, with... Dave McKenzie, how are you, Dave? Hola, que tal? Que Buenos dias, todos. Una, una cerveza, por favor. That's, <laughs> That's about you... <laughs> almost Spanish. Doesn't matter. It is good to be back, Christoph. Uh, can you believe it? We, we're going hard this year. Three grand tours in a row, working yep. together. I tell you, you what. Do you and... still like me? I do, I do, I do. We've had a little bit of a break from each other. Uh, we both had to do quarantine back. Thank you to the customs. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I know most of the rest of the country... Out of sympathy, you've all gone into lockdown and we've joined you now as well. <laughs> so on a slightly serious note, we hope you're all doing well. For those of you in lockdown, we know WA is not. Let's keep it that way, shall we? For everyone else, good to have you on board. I've got my Couch Peloton t-shirt on. Yep. Love you guys. Thanks for your support once again. And big three weeks ahead. Absolutely. And first of all, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. I forgot to say this. I forgot. <laughs> no, it it's all right. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> anyway, you know where it is. This is the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. We have a packed up show, a packed up three weeks uh, tour for you. Uh, first of all, what is this? Yes. Oh, now, I know we've got Back a big up. race <laughs> ahead, but you know what? I'm, this is great. I'll get to this in a second. Ah, okay. The start is in Burdegos, and I was hoping, I, I've scoured Melbourne for Burgos cheese in my 5k radius of in course. your 5k radius yeah. because <laughs> I had this grand plan this Burgos cheese that's quite special it's a very white cheese and you pour honey on it and I thought you will be horrified as a as a snobby Frenchman you'll be like what are you doing but that is the tradition anyway I couldn't get the Burgos cheese so I've got here some little Manchego uh Manchego cheese comes from the region of La Manca yep it comes from sheep's milk now this is aged I think it's about six months aged. So that's we'll get into some of that. We're gonna try some. Yeah. And then this here is Membrillo quince paste. I like I like Membrillo. It sounds sounds, it uh, sounds more classier. It, it, it sounds better. It sounds more exotic, <laughs> doesn't it? So you can have Membrillo on your biscuits here with your cheese on its own. It's fairly sweet, but it's beautiful. And there's different sort of variations throughout Spain. So mm-hmm. That's my little cultural um, um, attaché um, little input for the, for the day. Not for the week. I am going to scour for some Burgos okay. cheese. I was hoping to do it for the opening. But, but you're doing well. You're doing well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to grab some cheese. And go for it. You go talk for, for a second. Uh, we just said we've got a packed up three weeks and we've got a lot of new things. We, got, we will try a lot of new things in this, in this show for the, the course of the next three weeks. Uh, the first one, we have invited someone that if you're on Twitter, you'd know her. Okay, she's absolutely brilliant, but we are so pleased that she has. She is now part of our team. This is Belinda with a top 10 reason why you should watch the Vuelta. G'day, it's finally here, the race I've been waiting all season for, La Vuelta. And I have 10 reasons why you should be watching the Spanish Grand Tour. Reason number one, mountains, mountains, mountains. No, 
not buffering. We just have a lot of mountains. 43 categorized and about 400 uncategorized climbs. Sprinters haven't forgotten about you. Reason number two is there are eight flat stages. Two of them are also mountainous. So uh, give it a go, I guess. <gasps> Reason number three, who needs a holiday? Well, let's take a lap around Spain. On the menu, we have castles, cathedrals, mountains, tapas, desert, desert. Oh, I thought it said dessert, desert. I'm going to have dessert anyway. Reason number four. Ooh, no other tour has the desperation. That is, has La Vuelta. All those riders who haven't had a win this season or teams that have been a bit quiet. Hey, Stana, this is your time to shine. Reason number five, plenty, plenty of young kids on the race. Who's going to be the next big thing? We're about to find out. Reason number six, ooh, do you want a controlled race? This is not the race for you. This is, it's so hard to predict, Luelta. And I am hearing there may be echelons. Reason number seven, Pagacha. He is still partying. He's not on the race, but we have Carapaz and his orange, not gold, bike. Uh, Roglic is back to defend the title. Carthy, Chaconi, Lander climbing in the drops. And 11 Australians in action. Reason number eight, it is trade season. Do you think the Peloton's a little bit unsettled? Reason number nine, Movistar. They're all in for that team's classification unless they're all in for each other. Got to get that Netflix content. Reason number 10, it's a grand tour. It's a three-week adventure. Who knows what's going to happen? One last thing. Uh, I will be dropping into SBS Cycling Central podcast, Facebook Live show with Christoph Millet and Dave McKenzie. So keep an ear out for that. See you around the race. Yay. Yeah, indeed. Oh, oh, I love it. <laughs> She's good. Great opener, Belinda. And uh, I love the red dress or red shirt you had on. And um, you know what else I love? And I know you love this, Belinda. She does, she, it's become a feature yep. of her Grand Tours. You do this fantastic uh, map of the Vuelta, of course. And it's, let's, I think I'm going to call it the official map, hot mess, <laughs> she calls it, 2021 version. And uh, it's got plenty of details in and around it. La Vuelta, the official Twitter handle, reshared it and said, you may want to use this as Instead, your official yeah. guide. <laughs> now that is kudos. Yeah, uh, absolutely. We'll have the map in a, in a photo show. And of course, Belinda will join us throughout the race uh, as the, the race develops. Uh, let's talk about cycling because this is what we're here mm. for. Okay. Uh, okay. Cheese. Okay. We've got the fun, got the entertainment, but we've got a cycling race ahead of us. This will be, I think, and I guess you think as well, a battle between Jumbo Visma and Ineos. What is your take on it? Uh, yeah, 100%. I think so. I think first first things first, how good is Roglic? The way he, he he is, he just does not know how to not bounce back. Yeah. The guy's incredible. You know, he had to withdraw from the Tour de France. We saw how he was defeated at the Tour last year and then bounced back and won Liège, Baston Liège. Mm -hmm. Remember, the season was all sort of mixed up around the wrong upside down. He wins the Olympic Games yep. TT. So he's in great form, and I think he's absolutely recovered from his crashes at the Tour de France. So he and and he's home for him. Yeah, he's won. He's won he's the won last twice. two. He's uh, he's, he's looking he's, to equal. There's only what two other riders I think that have won three or yeah. more. So he's looking to join like, a very select club. 
he know he knows how to win uh, this race. Somebody else though, Egan Berner. Let's focus a little mm. bit on Ineos for today, okay? Uh, not just because we have got no content from Jumbo Visma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have distributed zero content to us. But uh, Ineos, we've got some They're stuff from the hand. <laughs> They're scared of what we can say. Uh, but uh, Ineos, Egan Bernal, okay, he's won the Tour de France. We know that. He's won the Giro. We know that. He can win the Vuelta and complete that trifecta. He's never re, uh, rode two Grand Tours in the same year. First mm. time he's doing it. How do you rate the chances of Egan Bernal? I think huge because he hasn't raced much. And that might sound strange. I'm saying, okay, he, he can win because he hasn't raced much yep. uh, post-Giro that he won. But I think that's a good thing. And I think he, it, what it shows is he's honed in and zoned in with himself and the team on this race. They yep. come here with... A three or four pronged attack, if you like, and we'll get into the rest of the team mm -hmm. in a second. But Bernal has to be the man. Yeah, I think so. I think I leader, think, out, not outright leader, but leader. He's absolutely joint outright leader, <laughs> and I think the other joint leader possibly is Richard Carapaz, who okay. of course won the road race at the Olympics, uh, podiumed at the Tour. Um, and he podiumed here last year at the yeah, Vuelta. Yeah, absolutely. So and he's won the Giro way back as well. So, yeah. like, there's so much experience in that team. Let's listen to Egan Bernal. Uh, for me, the, to win the three big tours would be like a, like a dream. Uh, for sure, it's my, I think it's my biggest goal in my career now. Uh, complete this... Uh, Three big races, but uh, it's, it's the first time I do two Grand Tours in in one year. So I don't know how my my body will react. Uh, I'm feeling good, but uh, I think I don't want to to put uh, you know too much pressure on on myself. So I just want to to do this race and. Uh, what happened happened but uh, yeah I just I just want to to see how it's to race this uh, two big tours in one year and for sure if I have the opportunity I will try to to win it for sure so you will try to to win it for sure of course he's Jeez, not he's like hey though isn't he yeah but <laughs> but let me just rephrase this when he entered the Giro mm -hmm. going uh, my back I'm not too sure I'm not great I'll see how it goes he knew very well how good he was before the yeah, Giro. Yeah. He won't fool anyone here. Are we are we getting fooled again or not? Well, he he can try. <laughs> he can try. You don't fool us, Egan. You do not fool <laughs> us. No, he's look. He's a star. We all I think we all know that the cycling world knows that. And his biggest rivals, they won't be fooled. They know they know he's in great shape or will yeah. be. We're expecting it. Um, he did do a couple of lead up races. Nothing over the top special in terms of his form, but I. Don't think he was there to okay. try and win. I think he's everything is for these three weeks. Somebody else, though, because you mentioned Carapaz, you mentioned, uh, of course, uh, Egan Bernal, uh, Yates. Adam Yates, is it Simon? I'm not sure. We'll, let's not go into that old switcheroo. Mate, oh, uh, you went there. Joke. No, oh, you went there. I <laughs> I'm saving you. I'm saving the public your joke. So <laughs> I'm saying it first. Uh, Adam Yates is uh, fresh. Is not really raced that much this his year. First Grand Tour with Ineos. Yes, yeah. That's what that's what he, he will say to us in a second. Mm. But uh, how do you rate him as a potential leader for this team, or not really? No, I do. I mean, by, based on that, the fact that he hasn't raced a lot and hasn't done a Grand Tour, he comes in, you know, super fresh mentally in the head, yeah. and like, and you presume physically as well. 
look, he he helped his bro win here a couple of years ago yep. uh, in 2018. So he's got experience at the Vuelta. Um, no, no, you've got to you've got to put him in the mix, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen to Adam Yates. Either, you know, a lot of people even do a Vuelta program or they've done tour Vuelta program, and not many people that are just doing the Vuelta. Um, so I'm hoping it gives me the advantage. Hopefully, I've, I'm uh, I'm fresh out of everyone. Um, and hopefully, once we get to the third week, um, you know, it'll really make a difference. So uh, that's what I'm hoping. Uh, <laughs> just hopefully, it works out. Yeah, we've got a super strong team. Um, a lot of leaders, but I think it just gives us options. Um, we've seen, you know, Grand Tours already this year. Um, you know, one crash can really derail a team. So having options, um, especially this first week when, you know, there's potential for wind and there's potential for stuff, stuff to go wrong. Um, I think it's always better to have options. So we'll, uh, we'll try and look after ourselves, try and keep ourselves out of trouble. And uh, hopefully them options can, uh, can help us uh, towards the end of the race. How are you feeling riding your first Grand Tour with Ineos? Yeah, it's good. It feels like a long time coming. You know, I've been on a team almost a year now. Um, but to really get, get to these big races, um, I'm just looking forward to it. Um, I've spent a long time uh, training now. A uh, real long time, feels like. <laughs> it feels like forever, to be honest. Um, but I just want to get stuck in. Um, and yeah, hopefully we can uh, make, 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 use, make use to me. Uh, can you translate this for me or not? Oh, <laughs> my. Easy, easy. <laughs> now, you spent some time living in Yorkshire, I, didn't you? I lived in Yorkshire so and I still, struggle to <laughs> I still to, uh, struggle to understand. Joke aside, yeah. uh, it's hard to believe that this is his first Grand Tour with Ineos. He's moved mo like a year ago yeah, and he hasn't really... And we say that as a compliment, yeah. as in you would have thought that he would have, mm. you know, well, you would have thought he would have done at least the Giro or the Tour one of them just because he's such a quality rider yeah a super domestique to bernal or carapaz if, if not sort of leadership himself but yeah that's why i think you just have to put him in the mix a little bit yeah. um yeah he, he's quality and and he's you know he's had a fair bit of experience now too yeah. as a pro and he's coming from the olympics as well mm. so yeah he's, it's not like he's been uh inefficient the whole year he's, he's brought the olympics is yeah. so there will be something interesting happening in this team. And this is why today we wanted to highlight a little bit of Ineos because they've changed their tactics. We, we know this, uh, but I think they are really going for it for this tour. And no matter what, they, I think they will be the challenge for Jan Bovisma and Roglic. And, and just, you know, I know, I know it's, it's this team, this whole Sky Ineos setting, they've got their critics, they've got their supporters yeah. and people even this year a little bit, from different factions of the press even have criticised a little bit saying they haven't lived up, you know. They won the Criterium the Dolphin with Richie Port. Yep. Around. They won Tour de Swifts with Carapaz. They won the Olympic Games Road Race. They won the Giro. Mm -hmm. They podiumed at the Tour de France. They're not going too bad. And okay, let's just <laughs> let's just put that out there. Yeah, they also won the uh, mountain bike as well with uh, Pitcock. They did. And actually, uh, as, as a sideline, three Olympic champions in, in this uh, race. There will be Roglic, Pitcock, and Carapaz. Three Damn. Olympic champions in this Vuelta. This is how that high is good. the level is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we've got a special guest. She's waiting for us uh, in the waiting room. She's not actually a guest. She's not a guest anymore. She's, She's part, of the team. part of the squad. And this yep. is part of the new surprises and the new uh, things we are changing for the Vuelta. But before we go to her, I just want to say, yes, Mike, I agree with you. Yates' English is less clear than Bernal. I am not the only one that is actually having a dig at uh, Adam Yates' uh, English. Anyway, she's been waiting a little bit in 
the uh, green road. She's twice Australian champion. She's an Olympian and she's an all-rounder legend. And she's joining the team for this Vuelta. It's Gracie Elvin. How are you? Gracie, thank you for joining us. Um, Hola, guapas. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, bene, no. we, we are very good <laughs> now Gracie uh, I know the green room first time in the green room for you I left a bunch of Manchego and uh, Membrillo there hopefully you've got stuck into it and in the fridge was some um, sangria so uh, did you help yourself yeah look that looks amazing that spread but I've got a real hankering for some patatas bravas I'm really missing those this year <laughs> oh my god talk to me about it I know while, we are, while we are all in lockdown yeah uh, Damn, we got to catch up more. <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, like I said, we, you, you will be a, a strong part of this podcast going forward uh, to this Vuelta. Uh, and of course, you're bringing all this experience you've got uh, with you uh, riding. And of course, you retired now uh, is that a year ago, a couple of years ago. Uh, how is life being treating you? Yeah, it was uh, less than a year ago, but it already feels like a couple of years. It's actually going really well. I, I did have expectations for the transition to be difficult and for sure I've had some hard days here and there, but mostly I've been having a lot of fun and trying to figure out my next chapter and just doing lots of little adventures on the way and, and stuff like this too, which has been really cool. And uh, you spent time, you lived in uh, Spain too, Grace. You lived in Girona with the whole sort of expat English-speaking community. So I dare say you're going to feel sort of quasi-homesick over the next three weeks, just a little bit maybe? Yeah, I've been really lucky. I got to live all over Europe, really. But really, I spent a lot of time in Italy and Spain. And the last few years of my career, I was in Girona. And, and that was such a cool experience. There's hundreds of pros that have lived there and live there now. And it's a really cool little expat community, um, amazing training, really cute little town. And, and I just love the Spanish culture. It's much more relaxed. The roads are really beautiful to ride on and are less crazy than the Italian roads. And um, Girona is just such a, a cool little town and, and full of awesome cafes and restaurants and, and lots of people that you run into every day on the street. Uh, don't we all miss you? Uh, no, already. <laughs> it's, it's hard just, to hear. Yeah, I'm depressed. Hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's look at uh, what's happening tonight on SBS Prologue from uh, the Vuelta 2021. First of all, I'll ask you, Gracie, uh, what are the differences between when you know in your head as a rider you go for a TT or you go for a Prologue? Is there a difference in your mindset? Yeah, there's a really big difference. I've done a lot of both. Um, the prologues are quite scary, really. It's it's a tough way to start a tour. They're certainly not long. Tonight's is only 7.1 kilometres, which is probably only going to take them about eight or nine minutes. So um, it, it does suit a whole range of people and it's kind of an unpredictable result. Um, it, they're, they're scary because there's often a lot of corners because they're so short, so they're quite technical. If it rains, that adds an extra element of danger. Um, but they just really hurt. It's a max effort for 10 minutes and you don't get a second shot. <laughs> no, you don't. And um, we're looking at the profile and we just had a sneak peek of the map, Gracie. Seven kilometres or just over, as you said. The first two kilometres is uphill and a couple of other aspects I've heard. It's super hot, 38 degrees in Burgos today, I believe, and really windy. Um, but the wind is meant to drop off as the night goes on, it's a twilight start. We know that much. So do you think this will change how team leaders 
will generally they all try and go last, but even more so now the specialists and the guys looking to maybe win the opening prologue, they're all going to try and go later in the evening, yeah? Yeah, often they'll be seated last anyway, the team leaders, um, for a, a time trial or a prologue in a tour. Um, because of there's no GC set up yet, they'll kind of stagger every team. So it'll kind of be the run through of rider number 66 and 76 and so on. So usually riders number one or 11 or 21 will be the, the last wave of riders to go through. And yeah, the, the leaders of the team will definitely get their pick of the times if that's not the case. Yeah. And then um, I imagine, like we said, it's going to be so hot. What about the... Um the warm-up, like on so late, stinking hot during the day, are you literally hanging out in your hotel room for most of the sort of morning and afternoon, maybe doing something on the rollers or, or would the riders be getting out doing another course recce? Yeah, good question. I think for a heat wave at the moment happening in Europe, you'd want to stay in air conditioning as long as possible and they're lucky that they also have great team buses that would be very cool as well. So, a long time in the hotel and a lot of time in the bus. They'll be wearing um, ice vests as well in their warm-ups, um, drinking lots of ice water. Um, they probably did a, a, a rec recon ride in the morning um, or, or a roller session. They, they don't want to be spending too much time outside right before the race, though, so they probably would have done that in the morning. Who would you say is your favourite or favourites if you have to, to give us a podium? Uh, do you put the usual suspect, the Primoz Roglic? The, uh, you know, where, where, where do you see the, the race shaping tonight for the prologue? I think Roglic is definitely the favourite, even for a short time trial like this. But, you know, he's been through a lot lately, um, particularly the Olympics. That's going to take a lot out of anyone with just all that travelling and, and a bit of stress around that event and the high. Like, he was super happy after the Olympics, which is awesome to see. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting that, you know, can he keep that high? Can he keep his form? There was that drama in the tour. So it could lend itself to the, the punchers as well. Someone even like Michael Matthews could get a great result today. Actually, Michael great Matthews, segue. Uh, very good segue. You're getting good at this. Yeah, she's uh, great already expert. <laughs> uh, let's listen to uh, Michael Matthews and we'll ask you about how uh, he will fare for this year's Vuelta. Yeah, it is, a, it is a interesting TT course for tomorrow. Uh, we've done some laps in the recon already. Um, you definitely, you def definitely have to have good legs straight from the start. Um, it directly starts uphill with a technical downhill and then flat to the finish. So, um, yeah, the power is going to be there straight from the straight from the beginning. And um, yeah, I think I had a good, good rest, but also a good build up after uh, after the Tour de France. So I'm I'm quite positive for tomorrow and excited also for for, for the TT. Um, and then, yeah, the coming days after that, I'm just happy to be back at the Volta. I've missed it a couple of years now. Um, not a couple, actually more than a couple, but um, yeah, I'm happy to be back. So that was uh, Michael Matthews. Uh, there's 11 Aussies uh, at the start of this Vuelta. Michael Matthews is one of the big chances for stage win. Uh, he's also uh, wore the red jersey at some point in his career, so he knows how to be a leader on this race. How do you rate his form right now, coming out of a Tour de France where he was pretty chilled out? Uh, how do you read his form and what can we expect from someone like Michael Matthews, Gracie? 
Uh, I find that interesting that you say he was chilled out, but at the Tour de France, he was going for every single point that he could. So, yeah, I'm surprised that he's actually at the Vuelta. Um, I hope that he can keep his good form through this tour. It certainly has some good chances for stage wins for um, puncture riders and sprinters like him. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. There's 29 riders from the Tour de France and 29 riders, different set of riders from the Olympics this year. And I think it is going to be interesting to see who can hold their form and, and who's really just kind of scraping through after so many highs of the season. And it's a desperate tour. The Volta's known for its um, last-ditch attempts to get results for the season if you didn't get the ones you wanted or you're trying to change teams. So I think anything's going to happen in this tour. It's It's a... Yeah, it's a, you've hit it on the head, Gracie, and it's so many different elements I find. I never raced the Vuelta, but the fact that it is sort of the last big race for the season, if we like, uh, Grand Tour at least, um, riders looking for contracts, and then the psychological aspect, that has to play a part, doesn't it? I mean, you know yourself, when your head's switched on, you can be 20% better or 20% further down the road compared to if psychologically you're just not there mentally doesn't matter how good physically you are so we're going to see potentially a few capitulations but then also potentially a few surprises from some young riders even oh yeah and that's what the world is great for it it's um big teams often take their less experienced riders or riders that have never done a grand tour before so you do see this great wave of young riders at the Walter, and there's some, quite a few young aussies here this year um and notably we have the um zwift academy winner jay vine racing and that's i think the first time that an academy winner has gone into a grand tour in that first year so yeah definitely keep an eye out for some of the young aussies uh this year at the the Walter. Another one to uh, look for as well is Michael Storer, uh, because he's been he's been a trooper in his team. Yeah. And, and Maka, you 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 spoke to him, uh, but it's true to say he's devoted himself for uh, for his team. Uh, and Roman Bardet at the Giro, but he's also won a little race, uh, a little race, I should say, to land uh, yeah. on the way. So, uh, how do you rate Michael Storer before we hear from him? Well, he's yeah. He, I mean, he's he's really understated, Gracie. You. You'd probably know him better than I do. I mean, I've I've only really known him as a commentator and and watching him grow up, but he's so understated. I think yeah. he's still only 24. I feel like he's been a pro for seven or eight years. He has spent his whole pro career at DSM, um, and we'll hear more from him in a second. But he's a he's a pretty quietly spoken guy, isn't he, Gracie? But he goes about his business and he gets the job done pretty well. Yeah, he's definitely quietly spoken. He's a bit of a unique character. Um, there's plenty of funny Michael Storer stories floating around with that um, generation that came through the under-23 Aussie team system. Um, but, yeah, he's um, got some amazing talents, um, and I don't think they've been fully shown yet. Um, I think he's had a bit of bad luck here and there or, or a bit of maybe lack of uh, concentration. But, yeah, I think he's certainly capable of big things and he might get his shot this year in the Volta. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen uh, to Michael Storm. Right, uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, it seems like it's quite a yeah short, fast climb at the start. And, yeah, the descent is, uh, yeah, technical. And then, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, fairly. Yeah, then it's all flat to the finish with a few corners. Um, yeah, it's 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 kind of in between as a prologue. It's quite technical, but I've done I've done more technical prologues before. Yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an intense uh, ten minutes. 
It's going to be an intense uh, 10 minutes, of course. And, and his moving team, you mentioned uh, the fact that he's rolled all his life, or professional life, uh, with Team DSM. Yes, Sunweb. Sunweb, Sunweb yep. Team DSM, but he's not moving to the French outfit FDJ. Uh, how do you rate that move, Gracie? Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of moves um, at the end of this year in both the men's and women's racing. Usually post-Olympics, that's quite normal. But I think for someone like Stora, it's a really great thing to move on. If you've been in one spot for a few years, it's good to grow as a, a rider and as, as a person and, and learn from new people and get involved in a new culture. So, yeah, I think it's going to be good for him and hopefully he can get a few chances with uh, his new team. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, somebody else that is moving to FDJ is Grace Brown. Uh, so you know Grace very well. Uh, and Maka, you caught up with, uh, with Grace yeah. as well uh, over the last couple of days. Uh, she was in good spirit, happy. Yeah, she is. She's, I mean, she's had an amazing last yeah. couple of years. I mean, it's, it still blows me away, Gracie. Um, the, these, these athletes like Grace who come into cycling later in their sort of, I guess, peak of their sort of age bracket. And she's just excelled, hasn't she, in the last 18 months. And, I mean, I'm not sure what her world ranking is at the moment, but she's got to be top 10, I suppose, overall. Um, yeah, she's pretty special, isn't she, as an athlete? Yeah, definitely have to agree with you on that one. She's got some pretty impressive talents there. But more than that, she's really level-headed. Um, she is a natural racer, which is actually not that usual for someone of her physical abilities. You often see some great time trials and they just don't have the head for racing, but she's got both and that's what makes it so dangerous. And we've seen her win races in all different manners and it's really exciting to see someone like that coming through. And also I'm really looking forward to seeing her in a new team. She's, you know, moving away from that comfort zone of the Aussie pro team and it's something probably I should have done as well, but you know, you don't get that many chances to move around and, and she would have had some great offers this year. So I think she would have really considered where she wanted to go and where would be good for her development going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Let's listen uh, to, uh, to Grace Bunch. She's pretty happy, especially after the, the results at, uh, at the Olympics. You, you caught her with her mm. uh, a little earlier on this week. Big news. Really big news. I think it, it certainly caught me by surprise. And I think a lot of Aussie cycling fans, you're moving. You're moving to FDJ as of next year. Um, you kept that pretty quiet, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it's exciting. I've, I mean, um, it is, I think, a bit, as you say, surprising for um, a lot of the public because it's unusual for an Australian rider to... Um, move away from the comfort of the Australian team. Um, yeah, usually everyone's trying to be on the Green Edge team. But, um, yeah, for me, I sort of I thrive off, uh, off change and, and throwing myself into um, situations that are a bit less comfortable. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to... to yeah, learn new things about myself and and challenge myself in different ways. And um, FDJ and under their numerous names over the years, uh, certainly with the men's and now more re in recent years with the women, strong affinity with Australians. Um, and I'm sure you're aware of that on both the men's and obviously the women's side. Did that sort of influence your decision-making in, in a little bit? Because I imagine you quite possibly had a few offers 
on the table, but did that sort of help get it across the line? Yeah, I think um, what appealed to me about FDJ was um, they have like a real um, sort of vision and passion for, for what they're going to do. Um, obviously, yeah, they understand um, the the special situation that a lot of us Australian riders are in. Um, and, yeah, the women's team have had quite a few Australians along the way. And, um, yeah, currently they've got Lauren Kitchen and, and Brody Chapman on the team. Lauren's retiring. But, um, yeah, I'll be teammates with Brody next year, which I'm excited about. And I know that she's had a really positive experience on the team. Um, so... Yeah, that, that's definitely a factor that um, drew me to them as an option. And um, as we move towards the end of this year, you've had a great season. Uh, you've had your hiccups along the way, of course, with that, with that crash in the Giro. But prior to that, you've had some victories, some great results, still two big ones left. Um, and I've, I think I almost forget myself, we've still got Paris-Roubaix and, of course, the first one for the women. <laughs> And then the World Championships in Flanders, I think two races that suit your style. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, the world's first. Uh, so the time trial is is super flat. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's good for me, although it's quite um, daunting doing, doing a completely flat time trial with you know, it's very hard to break it up mentally. Um, but, yeah, I think I think we'll be fine once we get to it. And then the road race is like a pretty typical classic style race, really punchy. Um, so, yeah, after my results in the, in the spring, I'm looking forward to doing that as well. Obviously, it's a bit of a challenge um, balancing the demands of both those courses because... They're quite different, but yeah, I'm sure we'll work it out. Uh, Grace Brown and uh, Gracie, of course, uh, you were, uh, you know her, you know her very well. I think you were a teammate with her as well. Uh, what do you think went into that decision for her to, to leave the team? And moreover, what does that uh, uh, do to the team itself and probably someone like Amanda Sprite or Sarah Roy? How would they be affected by Grace, uh, by Grace leaving the team? Yeah, I think it's actually quite a blow to the bike exchange team. Grace is, you know, becoming one of their big stars. So I'm sure they're going to be disappointed, but it does open up opportunities for the other riders to keep going for their results. Um, we saw last year Annemiek van Vluten leaving the team, which was, you know, a, a big piece of news. And it was kind of rumoured that she left the team because she wasn't quite happy with the, the time trial bike that would, you know, become a Bianchi from Scott for so long. And, you know, Grace is becoming a, an amazing time trialist. Fourth at the Olympics is pretty incredible. So maybe she's also looking for a, a faster time trial bike. There's often so many things that go into changing just teams. And I think she's really, you know, considered all of her options. And she's probably just wanting a fresh start and a change. But it could be other things like bikes as well. You never know. And, um, and on Spready, I mean, at the moment, she's going to stay put, isn't she? She's a effectively uh i suppose team leader um she's got the full backing of the of the team she'd be not silly to leave but she's pretty content there isn't she 
Yeah, it's really um, Amanda Spratt's team. I think this is her 10th year there. Um, mm. She was there from day one. Um, she's the clear leader. She's really you know, been someone that's formed the culture of that team and I can't see her moving away. I think when you're at the top of the tree and you go somewhere else, you kind of have to earn that right back again. So she's, you know, in the pinnacle of her career, so she probably doesn't want to disrupt it too much and, She's got a good thing going with her support staff around her and her coaching and um, a lot of loyalty with the riders. So I can see her staying there for the rest of her career. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, we have got the Vuelta on tonight, of course. Uh, it's on SBS and you're commentating as well. You're having a, I am. You're having I'm, a long one. I'm, today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking I might just park up in the couch. Yeah. Uh, the comms booth is just in there. I've well, only got, got about six hours until cheese, Trino joins me. To, uh, to have company with? Yeah, I'll, I'll eat the Manchego <laughs> and the Membrillo. But now, come on, we've got to have some picks. Uh, yeah. Gracie, are you sticking with Roglic for tonight? No, I'm going to go with Matthews. Oh, okay. good. I like that. Nice. Like I'll, I'll, I'll pick Roglic then. Okay, I'll you pick. go, Roglic. Yeah. And you know what? I reckon I've just flown under the radar and possibly even... You're your former mountain biker, Gracie, correct? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going with Pidcock. Ooh. Take that. That's Take a good that. one. Yep. Cool. I, re I reckon this is right up his alley. Two-kilometre yeah. climb at the start. What do you think? Yep, no, I think that's a good pick, actually, and he'll definitely still be on a high from his gold medal. How, just, can we just yeah. digress ever so slightly? How sort of uh, perfect was Pidcock's ride at the Olympics in the mountain bikes? I thought it was sensational. Yeah, it was clinical almost, and uh, same with Yolanda Neff. If you don't put yeah. a foot wrong, that's a good way to get a medal or a result in a mountain bike race. That was something I had to think of. Not the, the result, but ride smooth, no mechanicals, no crashes. And that's a great way to win in mountain biking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were, they yeah. were both. And Yolanda, she almost, uh, not almost came off, I think when she was trying to overtake the French woman in front of her on the same ramp where yeah. Mathieu van der Poel crashed, she somehow held it up. That was she's impressive, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so she... we have a, a race tonight on our end, and then you'll be competing. Is it one or five? One fifty. One fifty. One fifty. One fifty. It's yeah. it's not like that Ouch. every <laughs> night, peeps. Couch peloton. We do go to a more respectable start time yes. around eleven. But remember, if you want to watch live, it will be live on SBS Viceland. This is all here. All information is down here. There's also the Tour Tracker this year, which yes. is, if you love the Tour Tracker at the Tour de France, there is a Tour Tracker at the Vuelta. Yeah. How amazing yeah, is this? is cool. And you know what? If you're not a night owl or uh, an early riser, it's always on SBS on demand anyway. It's everywhere. Please, please join us, Couch. <laughs> Come on, don't leave us hanging. <laughs> I don't know. We're not leaving you hanging. You, can, you know what? You can log in at about 2 a.m. We'll still be going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Gracie, for uh, joining us. I'm sure you'll be uh, popping up. Of course, all across these uh, three weeks for the Vuelta. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you about just doing another Grand Tour again? Oh, I'm always an 11 for cycling. More sports. I'm, I'm sad about the Tour being over. I'm sad about the Olympics being over, but now we have Vuelta. <laughs> we Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, time for you to have uh, sleep. Yep. Dinner. And then you're back again. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing Spanish dinner too. I'm ah. doing 10.30. Perfect. Dinner. Yeah. Perfect. Cool. Thank you for joining See us. See you, Gracie. See you, Gracie. You. This was the uh, Zwift Cycling Central uh, podcast. We'll be here live every day at 5.30 on Facebook, on Twitter. And of course, if you just can't stand watching us, but you just want to 
hear us. We are also available on audio in the Zwift Cycling Central podcast, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Until next time, it's bye for now. Before we go, a quick word from our sponsor Zwift. Over the winter, all my motivation comes from taking on their athlete workouts. My favorite is Matthew Vanderpool. Fun is going full gas as he helps build your anaerobic capacity. These training plans have helped me find my best. There are workouts from Garant Thomas and Anna Vanderbregen, so every aspect of your riding can be tested, ready for summer. All you need is a bike, trainer, and the Zwift app. Visit Zwift.com and I'll see you on there soon. Ride on.